0: hello and welcome to another podcast of father joe i am joe rocky here with father boniface hicks and father i wanted to do a passage today from the bible that we bring up in all of our masses that until i went and reread the bible didn't really fully get fully grasp and it's not actually even royal, a long part of it but it is something that i wanted to go through and it's Jesus is is doing his teachings. He's not yet um, at the end. So he's in like the middle of the teachings. And a general from Rome comes up to him and tells him about how, I believe it was his son is sick. And Jesus says to him, I tell you, your son will be healed. And then the general doesn't go and check. He just says, I trust you, and basically goes back to his day. And when the general is asked about it, he goes, if I tell one of my men to do something, it's done. And you're Jesus, and you just said this is done, it's done. And that strung a little bit of a chord to me on a lot of different levels, but one of which being the the sense of just pure faith that because Jesus said it would happen that you didn't need to check up on it. Um, and second being the fact that you have, that's the pinnacle of faith being in a management job, having someone saying that your people will take care of it. You don't even need to follow up on it. That is, I mean, that's a level that I think you only can get in the army with the discipline that's instilled. So that, uh, that struck me thinking about my own business about how wow um i I'd, I'd have to check up on that um, especially if it was my kid you know i'd check up on it just when it's one of the properties we're working on let alone you know the rest of it um and then you add the fact that the romans were invading the jewish people and he still trusted jesus you know they're occupying their land and Jesus, A, just had the mercy and compassion to put all that behind him and, and the trust that he must've just naturally instilled. And that's basically the, the, the part of the, that I wanted to discuss here because I've always heard it in the, in the consecration prayers, just say the word and my soul shall be healed. And that's the biblical reference it's coming from. And, uh, like I said, Just wanted to to start with that as the conversation point and and go from there.
1: Um, Yeah, just a little uh, nuance to get the, the Bible passage right. It wasn't that he didn't check up on it, but that he didn't need Jesus to come to his house. Okay. So Jesus started walking with him, and he said, You don't have to go anywhere. I'm a man under authority, and I know that when I tell my uh soldiers to do this they do it when i tell them to do that they do it i know that only say the word and my servant will be healed and jesus was amazed at his faith as you just expressed and then uh you know the the centurion uh accepted that and then the report came to the centurion uh that that indeed his, his servant had been healed so uh, but the point was that he didn't need to bring Jesus to his house. He trusted in his word. Jesus' word was, was enough for him, not only his presence. And so to place that kind of faith in Jesus, and you're exactly right, uh, we, we changed the word from servant to soul. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, which is amazing for a centurion to say. As you pointed out, Rome was occupying Israel, and the centurion had power over Jesus and all the Jews. And he says, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, I trust in your word, and my servant shall be healed. And we change that to soul in the Mass, trying to evoke the same kind of faith. And Jesus marvels at the faith of the centurion after he makes this statement and expresses this faith and uh the centurion and then the other non-jewish miracle that jesus works is for the syrophoenician woman or the canaanite woman when she argues with him he doesn't even want to listen to her or he ignores her and then she persists and eventually the apostles come to him and she says uh you know my my daughter has been sick, and can you heal her? She's been suffering from demons. And he says, I came only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she says, uh, and he says, it's not right to give the the food of the children to the dogs, to the little puppies is actually the translation. And, uh, And she says, but even the little puppies receive the scraps from the master's table. And then he's impressed by her faith, and he sees that he can, says your, your faith has saved you, and your daughter is, it will be well. You know, and, and he's amazed at her faith. So these two non-Jews, these two Gentile examples are the two miracles that Jesus works for those who are not Jews in the course of his public ministry. And he's amazed at their faith. And so the church also rightly holds them up as examples of faith for us, and can we keep stretching our hearts? We we understand the need for presence. You know, it's it's hard when someone just gives their word. Can we trust in someone's word? And uh, you know, we're we're following this up, recording this a little bit early for uh, broadcast for our podcast. And and we just talked about the uh, the grand jury report in Pennsylvania and the way that uh, the word has been broken bishops and priests who should be the most trustworthy have given their word that they would protect the flock have given their word that they would carry out the strictest discipline and uphold the levels of virtue and we've broken our word and there's so much broken word there's so much uh, broken trust you know and it and and somehow in our age uh, we've perhaps overdone it, we've overdone the anti-authoritarianism, we've overdone the distrust in authority, but there's been reason for it. I mean, from whatever, from Vietnam to Watergate scandals and uh, presidents who have had sex with their young advisors and, and have just broken their word in a thousand ways. So the whole political process is focused on, you know, not who has committed what scandal, but just how much scandal they've committed. I mean, there's nobody that's untouchable. Everybody seems to have fallen from the heights of virtue to which we've been called. There's so much broken trust that, uh, again, to look at the example of the centurion who intuits and sees rightly in Jesus, this man is trustworthy. He is absolutely trustworthy, not just mostly trustworthy, not just partially trustworthy, He is absolutely trustworthy. His word is enough. And that stirs a a hope in our hearts. Could there really be someone we could trust so much that we could trust with our entire lives? Someone who is truly human, who is close to us, and yet who is also God and who is absolute truth that we can trust absolutely. It just makes us shiver to think that this is even possible in an age of so much scandal, in an age of so much broken trust and betrayal, that there would be one that we could trust that much. But that's really who Jesus is. And the centurion gives us courage. He has lots of reasons not to trust, as you pointed out. Mm -hmm. He's not even a Jew. He's not even in some kind of family relationship, you know, somehow... Family bonds have held up a little bit better than others. We have a sense of being responsible to our to our brother and trusting our father, although so much of that has been broken as well. Mm-hmm. But maybe in our own families, we trust our blood. This man is not even the blood, not even the extended family, not even the political ally. He has no reason to trust this man from Galilee. And yet he trusts him in an absolute way. He trusts the authority of Jesus, that his word is enough. Powerful. It's a powerful witness. We know that Peter, in a miraculous way, walked out on water, physically. This centurion walked out on water. He walked out over a cliff, and he trusted that there would somehow be solid ground that his eyes could not see and that his hand could not touch. And that's breathtaking and challenges us and encourages us and invites us. Will we be, are we willing to take such a breathtaking step and trust in Jesus beyond what I can see, beyond what reason can grasp, beyond what we could even imagine? Are we willing to take that step of trust that God's word is enough, It's a powerful scripture, and I'm grateful that you brought it up, Joe. And it's where we need to be when so many other human structures have failed us, and even the structures of the church have failed us. Will we believe that Jesus will not fail us, and that we can still trust Him?
0: Yeah, and just the way that you were saying that, when you think of the 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 faith there, it just gives a little little feeling inside of of how hard that is to obtain and yet how wonderful it will be once you do at the same time um in that you know it's 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 faith that that drives the whole whole engine and you, know, you never know what the outcome will be you know with anything really you know, there's a lot that we take for granted because it's quick enough and repetitive enough that it's the same. The sun's going to rise. It's going to be hot in August. You know, it's has gone. The leaves will change. And that and, and there's a repetitiveness of some elements of life. But at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be that way. We came up with science to articulate how things happen. But ultimately, the why all, always has some roots in a faith. You know, why are we the way we are? Why do we all in, intuitively have this noise inside our head that tells us what's right or wrong? You know, why do people inherently lean towards doing well if they can Um And, and I think that those types of questions and thoughts all come back to a starting point that there's something bigger guiding you out there. Um and I think that there's a lot of power in that. And and part of why we do this cast is to invite everyone to come to that at the Eucharist. Um you know that that was part of why that this passage came out to me was that I heard it during the mass so many countless times and it wasn't until I actually was rereading that the Bible there, that it, that it come, that it jolted out to me that, Hey, this is, this is the part they're taking it from. Cause, uh, cause the vast majority of the mass, if you actually go through the Bible is taken from somewhere in the Bible, mostly the new Testament, but most but the lot of it is. And, um, And and there's, there's some fun this, you know, actually going through the Bible and seeing how it all correlates. And there's also something on a side note, I know I'm getting a little bit of a tangent here, but there's also something to the Bible when you read it in order instead of just in snippets, inherently on a weekend mass or even a daily mass, you can't read the entire gospel of John. You have to only do a snippet of it by the very nature of it but reading it through in order gives just a deeper meaning to it than you would just getting it in the normal Sunday masses. So one of the things we also do is call people to action. And I think that that would be a good thing. As you mentioned, all these problems around us and people falling from virtue. And it's not just the highly elected or the highly powerful. It's, it's pretty pretty common throughout and just slowly taking time and and reading through reading through it in order even if you just started the New Testament granted it's a whole lot easier to read the New Testament than the Old Testament um, just from firsthand experience that's how it was for me that it brings a a something to your soul and yourself that it can't be described until you've done it and something that I would recommend, and obviously it's something I know that you do quite a lot, Father, that part of your your parish is, or your, your ministry is, to spend time with Scripture. And uh, I know I kind of did a little turn into this from the original parable we started, but if you could take a moment about that.
1: Yeah, no, you make great points, Joe. And uh, just starting from that first point that you made about the connection with the Mass, and finding such trust in the Eucharist, the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, and and that's a really beautiful consequence or a, a beautiful truth to rebuild our trust on when we see the problems in the church. You know, on the, on the one hand, we shouldn't be surprised that there are bishops and priests who are sinners. Uh, guess what? All of us are sinners. Yeah. All of us. Now there are some egregious things. I mean, there are crimes that cry out to heaven, and, and we would like at least our bishops and priests never to commit some of those crimes mm-hmm. and to really maintain trust and uh, trustworthiness. But uh, at the same time, even, when, even those who have committed crimes that cry out to heaven, when they say the words of institution and they consecrate the Eucharist, it's really the Eucharist. It's not half of Jesus or less of Jesus or tainted Jesus; it really is him and and that's where we have to keep putting the weight of our faith again we don't you know our our faith is not disembodied and and we need those human relationships and we need that human trust and we need to keep purifying that and working on that and and that's you know the right the right direction, but again, the full weight of our lives needs to be put on Jesus, on God the Father, on our uh, on the Holy Spirit, on God. And so, always looking through the failures of the minister, not getting stuck on them, but looking through them to find God. And insofar as we long for more than the minister can provide, that's where we're putting our hope in heaven, and we're putting our hope in God. And that's where we always need to keep going to not to stop at the human but to go through the human to the divine and so uh, like the centurion did that he was able to believe without seeing as jesus also blessed those who unlike thomas who needed to see in order to believe and jesus honored that and so we don't need to beat ourselves up if that's where we are but jesus invites us to go beyond that to believe without seeing And that's the challenge for us, and that's the the invitation for us, is to go beyond. But the the point being, so first of all, to place our full trust in 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 God, who is in the Eucharist, who is there. We place our trust in the Eucharist. The Church continues feeding us with nothing less than God. Even when the words and the examples and the trustworthiness and everything else has fallen short, the Church keeps feeding us nothing less than God. That's what we receive in the Eucharist. So that point, the next point that you made that the Eucharist itself, the prayers of the mass are rich and there's so much depth there. Sometimes we dismiss the mass that, you know, it's almost laughable. People think that they got it. Oh yeah. You know, I went to, oh yeah, I went to mass growing up. I understand it all. (laughs) Give me a break. You don't begin to understand it. I, I don't begin to understand it and I'm doing it every day. There's so much depth there, so much depth. We will never find the bottom of it. We will never explore every nook and cranny of it. It is infinite. If you think you understand it, you're wrong. We understand it partially. We understand enough that we can understand more. We understand bits and pieces. Sure, fine. We can summarize it. We get the big picture. Okay, good. Um, But there are infinite depths. And you just gave a great example of how you take one prayer in the Mass and you trace it back to the Scripture and you start to explore the mystery of that and who is that centurion and what's that servant about and what's the the degree of his faith and, oh, there's so much there. And when you start doing that and you start tracing the prayers of the Mass back into the Scripture and then you start reading more of the Scripture to understand the context in which that one Scripture occurred and there's so much There's so much. None of us have any reason to be bored or think that we've exhausted the mystery. (laughs) Not even close. Not a single one of us. Not those great saints who spent their whole lives immersed in it and could practically recite it from memory. They have not exhausted it. In all of eternity, we haven't exhausted it. We will never exhaust it. So, yeah, there's so much there. And we will never waste a moment going deeper into it. It behooves us to go deeper into it. Read the Scripture. Pray with it. As you said, I do that every day. I spend an hour with Scripture every day. Only reading a verse or two and praying for an hour with that verse of Scripture. Uh, We can do that every day, and it never gets old. And as you said, the New Testament is certainly, the Gospels in particular, are the best starting point, the easiest to understand. And then as we kind of feel more comfortable and feel called going into more of the Old Testament, to understand the depths of that, so much there. And so it really is uh, valuable. I really encourage all all of our listeners, and I encourage myself and you as well, Joe, to take that time to keep going deeper into the mystery and rediscover the strong foundations, the unshakable foundations of our faith in Christ, who has given himself to us in the Eucharist and speaks to us in his word and the scripture.
0: Yeah, a couple of points off of that. So the first one being the last part you are bringing up there about the ease of reading them. The only one that I actually had difficulty reading in the New Testament was Revelations. And I think that's just because of how the the content of it and it being the uh, the apocalyptic writing style of it. But even the letters are pretty straightforward and, and, and all of that. Um, but going to what you were saying before about the Mass being constantly deeper and constantly more i remember a conversation i had with someone back when we started doing this all right so you're going to do a podcast a half an hour long how long do you think it's going to be until you've run out of material and stuff to talk about and i go i don't think it ever will because of the nature of it that that god's not simple you know He he's He's in the sense, in the sense, the way he described it, he'll reveal the parts that you can handle when you can handle them, and as you get deeper into it, you'll get better and better. Uh, an example that came up that made me think of it went back to, to um, to high school science, and we were using electromagnoscopes, I think they were called microscopes, and you could see super in depth into this cell and all that, and then the the one of the, the offset questions were essentially tell me about this tool and the pluses and minuses of it and well the pluses were yeah I can see all this little tiny stuff that I couldn't see with my human eye and, and I got such a better understanding of how the cell structure but the minuses is, is I can't go deeper and the joy of of the faith and with the Trinity is that there is no wall that you can't pass. It's just yourself and you're diving in with understanding and faith to go deeper. And certainly some of us go further into the understanding and the richness of of, of the Trinity than others. Um, But it's possible to go further than anyone ever has. You know, just as it's always faster, it's always capable of being able to run faster than the current record holder. That's why records get broken all the time. It's possible to become deeper in understanding of Christ and the, and the Holy Trinity. And the best part of that is just as you learn how to run faster, become better in shape, the deeper you dive into into the Trinity, the better your soul will be and the better that you'll be in the rest of the world around you. And that has been my deepest findings in doing this cast the whole time. And hopefully that has become reflective to the listeners out there as well. So, um, so father, yeah, I know we went over a couple of of different directions here. We have about five minutes left or so, and want to see if you have any final thoughts to, to guide us home here.
1: Yeah, just, uh, encourage our listeners again to take that time with scripture to take the time with the mass and i I think you're a good example joe of somebody who uh, you're you're living a, a normal life you're living a normal job and married man and and but you have a thirst for more and you respond to that you pay attention at mass in a way that you're asking questions and you're you're looking for a deeper understanding and you're trying to find ways to strengthen your faith to have a faith more like the centurions and uh those are it's a beautiful example that that you give us and i just want to encourage our listeners you know and and again i i can't help but have the a lot of these you know kind of scandals and and difficulties on my mind and you know pittsburgh in particular, I know a lot of our listeners are from all over the place, but you know Pittsburgh, with uh, some of the uh, mergers and a lot of dioceses, are doing that. And we can look around at the church and say, "Wow, you know, things are really diminishing. There are a lot of difficulties. We look at the troubles in the world. You know, and I know people have a lot of different opinions about our current president and uh, our past presidents and yeah. what's happening in the, the national government and There's just reason for a lot of cynicism and a lot of apathy and even a lot of antipathy. But in the face of that, the purity of God remains. And when we find ourselves going into scripture and entering into that world where there are hearts that love perfectly and there are places that we can be absolutely safe in the heart of Jesus and in the love of God and in the, under the motherhood of Mary. And there are places where it is really pure and everything we long for really does exist. And our hearts can just touch a little bit of heaven when we take that time for prayer and we allow ourselves to be uh, lost in those mysteries. You know, I'm just imagining myself right now being in a, a big church with beautiful statues and dim lighting and uh, you know just being alone there in the in the faint smell of incense and in the the glimpses of the altar where Christ has become present so many times in the eucharist and maybe the church where i was uh baptized well the church where i wasn't baptized in a church uh but you know our listeners thinking of the church where they were baptized and uh you know just just allowing ourselves to enter into those places where everything is okay in the world because that world is really the other world. It's the world where we were created and the world where we are going to return to Uh, that world of heaven, where God is all in all and where the, the King of Kings is the one ruler and he is the one who is trustworthy. And scripture has a way of transporting us there. The sacraments, especially the mass has a way of transporting us there and it's good for us to just let ourselves be there a little bit and, and remember that, yeah, there is a God and everything is going to be okay. And I don't understand how everything's going to work out. And I know there's a lot of suffering and people who have felt abandoned and betrayed. And, and, but somehow in the providence of God and the power of God, he works good out of all of those things. He brings a greater good out of every evil and his light overcomes the darkness. And we need that. We need to enter into those spaces, not keep them in at arm's length or not reserve them for uh, just Sunday Mass or somehow checking our box or something like that. That refuge is necessary for our thriving in this life. If we don't know those places, we're missing something profoundly in our lives. So I just say that again as an encouragement for our listeners to take the time in prayer with Scripture, in church in silence and solitude in the eucharist in all those places in the mysteries of the rosary and really letting ourselves be loved and cared for protected and and nourished as we as we really need to be
0: that's beautiful and on that thought to to give an example to the physical body a lot of us out there can visualize what it would be like to be able to run a 4 five forty, or to be able to lift 300 pounds. But it's not until you do it that you actually sense it and find out that how much better it was than what you ever imagined. And I think that there's a lot of people out there who can visualize what it would be like to have a better and deeper relation with God but haven't done it. And it will be better than you thought it would have been. And it, it will in, in irrevocably make things better. And that's something that as a final thought, I think is uh, what what you were getting at father and, and, and just the, the strength of your soul that a lot of us haven't built up the way that we should is, is very tangible and very, very real. So again, we'd like to thank everyone for listening out there. We'd like to, um, Invite you to follow us at Father and Joe on Twitter. And please, if you have not done so, please leave us a review on whatever subscription site you're listening to us on, whether it be iTunes, Google, or Stitcher. And we look forward to being here with you next week. Thank you all. Have a great week.